You're listening to the Granola and Gasoline Maridol Podcast, providing a healthy dose of adventure therapy for marital irritation. Side effects may include laughter, inspiration, and strengthened relationships. Your hosts are Brian and Mandy Fable, creators of Granola and Gasoline. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the podcast. We are Granola and Gasoline, and today we're talking about soft catches. That's right. So this is a climbing term, and we're going to break down what it means in climbing, but we're also going to break down what it means in a relationship to provide a soft catch for your partner. And speaking of relationships, we know a lot of you out there are in relationships. You want to be in relationships. You've read about relationships and romance novels and other things. So that's good and important. Soft catch is basically how you respond to your partner failing. Sure, which we don't always like to talk about failing and what that means. And sometimes we try to hide it or ignore it. But in climbing, it really comes, it's really tangible. And so it provides a good metaphor for a relationship because in climbing, if you are pushing your limits and climbing at your limit, you will have times that you fall. And the sooner you accept it and practice it and have a great supportive partner to catch you, the easier it is to take those risks and to really climb at your limit. So in climbing, you will have times that you fall. And if you're doing lead climbing, which is specifically what we're talking about today, it's where there's no rope above you and you're placing protection as you go up the wall. Is there a rope below yeah. you? Yes, there's a rope oh, below you. And it's go unless you're Alex Honnold. Uh, there's a rope below you and it's going to your partner. And as you're climbing, you clip into these protection pieces. And if you fall, you'll fall twice the distance from your last protection piece. So Let's say I'm five feet tall. If the protection piece is at my feet, then I will fall through the air about 10 feet before the rope comes taut and the belayer catches me. And sometimes there can be extra rope stretch. There can be extra rope out. So it can be a longer fall. It can be longer. And sometimes, yeah, it feels like you are falling through the air, which as humans, we've evolved to not love that feeling. We are not monkeys. We do not sleep in trees. (laughs) I know some of our listeners have slept in trees after a long night <laughs> Is out. Is it a granola side? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. It could be both sides. Could be, actually. Okay, so the, the part of the fall that we're talking about today is the catch part. So it's where the rope comes taut and the belayer, with the help of a belay device that applies all these great forces, uh, catches the climber. And it can either be a hard catch, which is really abrasive and jarring, or it can be a soft catch where the fall is sort of mellow and calm. One way I like to think about it, if you're driving a car and something runs out in front of the street, like a like a muskrat or a baby squirrel or <laughs> a baby stroller, a stroller with a baby in it, and you have to stop really fast. Yeah, that is abrupt and jarring. Like, you need to stop really fast. And climbers realize that, but... People listening to this are like, you want to stop. Why would you want to stop slowly? But you want, because the difference between slamming on the brakes and coming to a safe but controlled stop in your car, it's way more comfortable to come to a slow and controlled stop. And the same is true in climbing. When we're driving, when I'm driving. Usually I'm driving. You're sleeping. (laughs) Well, well, when I'm sleeping (laughs) and you're driving, I like it when you come to that nice, slow. Right, it doesn't wake you up. Not hitting it, you know. Yeah. I don't I don't care for that much. Yeah, so the same is true on the catch of climbing because if you have that abrupt catch, you could either slam into the rock, you could hurt your back. It just it doesn't feel good. You sort of cringe at the feeling of it. 
On the other hand, a nice slow catch, you're like, okay, that wasn't that bad. I think I can try that again. So what's an example of a nice soft catch in life? Yeah, so I think it's, interestingly, I think it's different for both of us, which this is true in the climbing world too. We catch each other differently in climbing because of our weight difference. And in life, I know, you know, your previous job to this was often pretty stressful, talking to a lot of people, having a lot of things moving around you. And so a soft catch for you some days would be just you coming home and having an old-fashioned ready to drink on the porch. Old-fashioned on the porch. Nothing better. That's a pretty soft catch for for a hard day for you. I think for you, you would like... What, what I tried to do for you is when you came home, things were nice, neat, and organized, and then creating some space and time for you to get outside and exercise, recreate, clear the mind. Yeah, I think that definitely feels like a soft catch for me because often I've been in a car or somewhere where those things weren't possible, and so I'm ready to like hit the ground running when I get home. And here's the thing, too. In climbing, when you have that failure, you come down, you untie, you rest for a little bit, but then you need to gear up and have the mental psych and fortitude to try your hardest for the next attempt. And how does that translate into real life and relationships? So I think when you come home from a hard day like that, you need to know that there aren't going to be additional consequences or ramifications as you get home, that it feels like a safe place to come and relax and recharge so that you can go back to that hard and challenging environment. And as an example, if you have had a hard day and you come home and now all of a sudden everything at home is also in disarray or there's all these things you haven't done right, you're not going to want to go back the next day either to work or to your home with that same try hard attitude. And kind of, it kind of reminds me of our, our motto, coffee and try hard. It's totally. like recharge build up the stores, and then deploy them at 100%, all that you can, trying as hard as you can. You might fall. Your partner's there to catch you. That's yeah, beautiful. I think sometimes what's hard, it does take effort to catch with grace or to, to provide a soft catch. And sometimes it takes some um, sacrifices or overlooking other priorities or frustrations for the partner who's doing the catch. Mm-hmm. And so one thing that I think it's worth mentioning that it can be hard to do is if you're both metaphorically falling at the same time or projecting doing something at your limit at the same time yeah it's hard to toggle between Blair and climber or being supportive in your relationship and then going out and trying as hard as you can at your job or other aspects of your life yeah so that probably is sort of special circumstances that you need even more discussion and communication about what each person needs to feel like they can be at their best and I think you know one of the things that that it really takes is recognizing patterns. And so when have you been providing a hard catch for your partner and how do you start to change that? And I don't know, do you have thoughts on how you change that pattern? Well, I know a lot of our listeners have been in relationships maybe for five days, five weeks, five months, maybe 50 years, maybe a hundred years, a hundred years, maybe, or they want to be in a relationship. They're like, I want to be in a relationship with you for a hundred years. Do you want to be in a relationship? Sure. We all do. I mean, ideally we'd be in a relationship for 400 years together. Oh my God. That sounds so long. (laughs) That's a long time. So it doesn't matter how long you've been in a relationship. You can change those patterns. You can change from giving a hard catch to giving a soft catch. It's going to be hard. How do you do that? Well, first, I think you have to know what the other person wants and needs. So in climbing, 
when we were first climbing, you actually did often give me a hard catch because I'm Whoops. smaller and Whoopsie. you're bigger. And <laughs> Sorry about that, it's by okay. the way. It's okay. Because, and then you really dove into this like internet spiral of the physics of the soft catch and made me watch like a hundred videos so that you could learn how to do soft catches. But you started to practice what I needed for a soft catch. You started learning when to jump, that there didn't, there shouldn't be that much rope out. These other things that helped you give me a soft catch. And then you asked for feedback as you were practicing too. How was that catch? How, how did that feel? And I bet a lot of our listeners, just like I did, had the wrong misconceptions about how their partner wanted to be caught in yeah. their life when they experienced failure. Yeah. And so it might be as simple as just asking what would a soft catch look like for you or what feels the best when you come home from a hard and long day at work or... Maybe it's the partner who's at work coming home and giving the other partner a soft catch with the kids of what it, what would it look like if I took care of the kids for an hour when I, when I got home. Um, it can look a lot of different ways to a lot of different relationships and people, but I think asking what somebody wants and then in the midst of it asking how's this going and how does this feel for you would be, I think, the first place to start. Well, I think that's good. Hopefully you're giving a soft catch to your partner. And if you're not, you're thinking about ways that you can adjust your behavior to support their needs. So thanks for listening, guys. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Remember to subscribe to the podcast. Remember to check out our videos on YouTube. Subscribe to those, like those. And also, if you want to support us, check out some merchandise so you can show off your granola and gasoline message to your friends, family. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs> no. <laughs> Why can't we end with bye-bye? We can't end with bye-bye. All right, guys. Leave a message down <laughs> below if you want every episode of the podcast to wrap up with bye-bye. <laughs> Hi, guys. We hope you've enjoyed listening to the Granola and Gasoline Meridol podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and hop over to our website for more dynamite content at granolaandgasoline.com.